The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Okay, you hear that music, you know the show. You're listening to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters. As always, it's a beautiful day in the valley. For those of you that are someplace probably in the Midwest, my old stomping grounds. I don't know what the weather's like out there today, but uh, certainly I know it's not as beautiful as it is here. So uh, don't be too envious. I love you all. And, of course, my Midwest friends have been waiting to talk to me anyway because uh, they, like me, are mad at the world because the world is mad at the Ohio State University. And uh, so I think I'm going to start off a little bit. Just I don't even know if I should apologize as a member of the Ohio State University alumni football team from God only knows how long ago. After all, I could say this. That's how I got in the Valley because I came out here, played in the Fiesta Bowl, fell in love with it, the Fiesta Bowl game, fell in love with it after we got our butts kicked by Penn State. Um, But I figured, uh, why not make it my home? So um, it's an interesting topic. And and I got a special guest. I got a a studio full of guests who are going to join me. And then uh, before I get to them, though, I, I have... Uh, two very special people of which uh, I want them to join me and we're going to talk a little bit about that and then we're going to talk about you know some other things uh, NBA basketball of course we're going to talk about uh, NFL the draft and uh, and we're going to talk about the lockout but but first let me just take the time to introduce and, and I, I mean I don't even know how to introduce such a special friend special man uh, Gil Tyree who of course is uh, here with us on on the Voice America Network and Sports Talk at the Positive Pub, uh, Gil, how you doing? Ray, how you doing? You talk about the weather out there, man. We've been dealing with a lot here. Of course, uh, you know we've been dealing with thunderstorms, and there was a severe uh, thunderstorm that rolled through here uh, last night, and uh, it's um, it was unbelievable. But I'm glad the weather's out there and great for you guys in the valley right now. Yeah, and I know, you see, you're one of those envious friends who is not in the Midwest. You're down on the southeast part of the country, down there in Atlanta. But, Gil, you don't know this, man, but I got a, I got a lightning story. You know, you know, uh, I was actually struck by lightning twice in my oh, life, so I don't, I don't like to hear those lightning <laughs> stories. Yeah, well, I got one, too. I wasn't struck, but I'll tell you what, I had a radio destroyed, I'll tell you that. And wow. literally, literally uh, destroyed in, in, my, in front of me. Okay, wow. by lightning bolts. So I know the ravages of lightning, and you don't want to be nowhere near lightning when it comes. Well, I'll tell you what. The second time I was struck, I was uh, struck in the city of brotherly love. And speaking wow. of city of brotherly love, have my other friend with me, Micah Warren. Uh, Micah, of course, is the co-host, uh, uh, G-Cobb in the house. 
Micah, how you doing, man? I'm great, man. Thanks for having me on. And we got some decent weather here finally in Philly too. I gotta, I gotta give us a little credit here. Well, I, I know it's not Arizona type weather, but <laughs> it's a little muggy. <laughs> well, you know, we can have, we're gonna have a great time with this show because you know all of us have ties to that city of brotherly love. Uh, Gil spent uh, many years there in the city, and uh, Micah, you are still there now. But, but I threw out the Ohio State University and some of the allegations. Uh, uh, of course, that they're dealing with, and I think it's it's beyond allegations. There's enough evidence there where I think perhaps uh, there are going to be some pretty significant sanctions that's going to come down. I think on the university and its program, and uh, and and there may be a chance that uh, you know the man who can do no wrong, Mr. Trestle, may not be there. Gil, I want you to start off first of all. What do you think? Should the university be punished? Uh, its programs, and uh, what do you think about uh, about Coach T? Is he going to be there, or is he going to be gone? Well, I think it's going to be, you know, the tea leaves indicate that, uh, you know, and, and which way the wind blows. You know, of course, you, you being a Buckeye great and, and growing up in that state and know, you know, the temperature. I, the thing I'm looking for is what we see out of Gene Smith, the athletic director, and Dr. Gordon Gee, the president, as we move forward. When you are summoned by the NCAA, and the word, the L word is used in terms of lying, that is almost to the point where, you know, a letter of inquiry has been sent. And, you know, where we are now, and you know this, Ray, in terms of the media and what have you, it's a seek and find and ultimately destroy. And, and you know, Jim Trestle has had, you know, whether it's at Youngstown State or whether it's at Ohio State, has always been a hot-button issue to some people. I mean, there's some loyalty in and around. But I would be, it would be interesting to see how the alumni, and when I say the alumni, the high-profile alumni, like yourself, like Archie Griffin, like Eddie George, you know, Kirk Herbstreit, you know, you guys in terms of the following and the nation and the Buckeye Nation, how, you know, what the tea leaves are red as we move forward. I mean, the suspension comes into play. You know, he's going to be penalized. But I don't think he survived. And, you know, that, that word Urban Meyer has been, been thrown out there, was thrown out there last week, and I still think Urban can end up there. Uh, you know, he has close ties to that state. I think he's going to be – I think he's taking a sabbatical right now in terms of what he's doing with ESPN, and I think he ultimately – I've always said this. There were two places I think he would resurface after Florida. One of them was Ohio State. The other was Notre Dame. And I still think he's in play, you know, as we move forward. Well, I, I certainly um, agree with some of those things that you you just mentioned, Gil, and I, I'm going to, of course, uh, provide a couple comments a little bit later. But, Micah, uh, out there in the, in the state of uh, Pennsylvania, of course, we got uh, a, a Penn State uh, you know, university that participates in the Big Ten. I, I'm curious as to what the people in that area feel about what should happen to the Ohio State University. Oh, you know that. I got my, uh, my wife's a Penn State alum. They love this. They love this stuff. Uh, you know, nothing's better than seeing the, the hammer come down at Ohio State, and it's, I think it's going to. I don't know that Trestle can survive this. I mean, uh, you know, Bruce Pearl lied to the NCAA, was fired in March, the basketball coach from Tennessee. I think, I, I don't see him surviving this. But, yeah, out here, they love it. Of course they do. Hey, Gil, <laughs> hey, hey, Gil I don't want to be wrong, and I'm going to ask for your help in this in terms of me making this comment, but am I mistaken? Isn't Gene uh, Smith a very high-ranking official as it relates to the uh, NCAA, uh, you know he was uh, he was chairman of the uh, basketball committee, the tournament committee uh, this year, and he serves on some high-ranking committees, you know, within the NCAA in terms of, uh, of you know bowl games and, and also compliance and what have you. You know, Gene, whether it was at, at Iowa State, whether it was at Arizona State, where he came before he 
uh, came to Ohio State. He's always participated in, and been in some high-ranking committees with the NCAA. But he's been a defender of uh, of of uh, you know Jim Trestle. And, and and again, I I just want to you know reiterate this. And and like I said, he will not survive. I mean, uh, you know, Bruce Pearl situation, of course, is is out there. But more importantly, now you have the body and the track and, and just the period of, of uh, lies and what have you over that period of time and, and the mistruths and, and all of that. And, and, I, and, and again, Ray, Ohio State, if it's not one of the top three jobs in this country, it's at least in the top two. Oh, yeah, no, okay. no doubt about and, it. No uh, doubt. In, in, every, in every way. And, and like I said, I, I totally, and I, I tell people this, and I told people today, Tony Barnhart, the esteemed uh, College football writer here in this part of the country, of course, does great stuff for CBS. Wrote a, a great piece on CBS.com, CBSSports.com about this, saying, listen, you know, the people in the Midwest and the Big Ten have always accused the SEC of cheating and, and how things are done down here. Now they can ill afford to say the same thing because they got caught. You know what I'm saying? So does it sound to me? You're going to pay, and, and Ohio State is the standard bearer. I mean, you look at what's, what's done in terms of the Big Ten. Ohio State, Michigan, Penn State, Iowa, you know, those schools are the standard bearers uh, of what's being done in, in the Big Ten. And when you have one of your standard bearers having a problem, that has a trickle-down effect for the whole conference. And you, need, you can ill afford to have that as you guys go into expansion. You welcome in Nebraska and what have you. You can ill afford to have that type of stuff going on. Well, you know, as you look at the state, of which is the heart of it all, you know, you have to look at uh, the Ohio State University. It's not a matter of, uh, you know, in this particular case, I think it has to be consistency. And I think I think someone brought it up this morning. Uh, one of the guys uh, that was on ESPN, uh, one of the stewards, I think, said that uh, out of 28 uh, instances where this happened, 27 of the coaches uh, lost their jobs. Now, now let me just take it from this perspective, and perhaps maybe, Michael, you can jump in, and then, Gil, I want to hear what you would have to say about this. I understand what the man did was wrong. I think he, he obviously held back some information, and based upon his contractual agreement, that is wrong. But at the same time, I think he was being a protective parent. When you talk about bringing these coaches and college coaches into the living rooms of these young men, of these kids, the first thing they have to do is sell themselves to the parents. Not that they're people, that they're not people of integrity. He is a person of integrity. But what he's done, he's did, I think he did what any parent would do, and that he's tried to protect the young men from what they did and the danger and the harm that they were in. But I also do understand you guys are probably going to say on the flip side of that, he's also looking at that schedule, and he knows the only way he can win with that schedule is the participation of those athletes that were involved. But at the same time, Micah, don't you want a coach who's going to look out for the best interests of your kids? And, and, he, and he scolded them, and he sanctioned them, but he was trying to take care of it in-house. Is, is that wrong? I mean, does he, did he compromise his morals by doing that? I see what you're saying. Essentially, his heart was in the right place. But it comes down to he lied. And I look at it from this. Forget even what he lied about. It's a public relations nightmare. And a school like Ohio State can't have it. I just can't see him surviving through this. I see what you're saying. You know, he maybe his heart was right in the right place. But at the end of the day... It's just whole thing. Just looks like a mess. Now, when you say he can't, he can't. They can't survive it. Now, do you say uh, certainly the alumni? They're okay with it, and certainly the staff is okay with it. But you're saying, in terms of uh, 
the uh, mainstream media will will continue to just lambaste us and kill us uh, every day, every week, because of there's some favoritism being shown to the Ohio State University. Uh, I just don't think Jim Trestle is going to survive it. I'm not saying Ohio State won't. I think it's going to sting. I think whatever happens is going to sting a little bit. Uh, it might set them back a little bit, but I don't see Trestle being able to make it through this. Okay, Gil. When if, he... I'm, if I'm running the show, I, I just just from the PR standpoint, it's time to move on. Okay, Gil. Yes. Trestle doesn't survive this. That means that he's fired from the Ohio State University because well, I he's. Think, I, I think I don't think he's fired per se, but I think what you do, and 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 I agree with Michael on this. You know, we have a 24-hour news cycle now, and and as long as that 24-hour news cycle is in play, you know, it's out there. And I don't care if the, if, if the mainstream is doing it. I don't care if the blogs are doing it. I don't care if it's internet radio. I don't care if it's internet as it's as it's constructed right now in terms of websites and all of that. The fact of the matter is that people are talking. And when you talk, it, there's always, and people get tired of it. Now, is he insulated in the state of Ohio? Definitely. Okay, outside of the state of Ohio, I think if you, you would take a poll, I think his poll in the state of Ohio would be keep him. But the fact of the matter is you have a body of work. And, and I go back to, to, to this, and, and this is where it all started, Ray and Micah. Those kids should not have played in that bowl game against Arkansas. Agreed. Okay. They should not have played. You, I don't care if it's win at all costs. I don't care what have you. You know, your preemptive strike comes in that bowl game. Where you send the message is in the bowl game, and it was not sent. And, again, it was all about winning. And, and that's where it all started, and I think that's where, it, you know, people started to look and look and unearth stuff and look at stuff and, and really start to dig. And you know the way the media is constructed now. It's a seek-and-destroy media. Okay, Gil, let me ask you something. If yes. those kids are not playing in that bowl game prior to the bowl selection, is Ohio State even selected to go to the bowl game? I, I think definitely they are. You think so? I yes, don't think. I, 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 I do. might disagree I mean, with you, you know, Ray, I've heard the argument where, you know, we're in, a, in an age now where it's about star power. Mm-hmm. And, again, you, you have guys on that football team that have star power. Yeah, I agree with that. But at the same time, the way the BCS is selected and the way it is constructed, okay, Ohio State and its brand and its brand and the power of your president, Gordon Gee, and the power, the lobbying power of your athletic director, Gene Smith, bodes well to give them an opportunity to get into a ball game because there is that anti-SEC sentiment. We feel it here in Atlanta. I mean, everybody looks at what the SEC has done. You look at the, the, the contracts that come out. You look at the Big 12 contract that was just signed with Fox. All of that is in competition with the SEC. This is an arms race, man, when it comes to college football. And it's an arms race in terms of public opinion and your public profile. And I, I still say, like I said, with Ohio State being the brand that you have, that's enough to get you guys. If you have a record that's good, and now you have a title game in the Big Ten, but when you didn't have a title game, Ohio State could go anywhere. Outside. If they had two losses, they were going somewhere. And they were going to play on New Year's Day or, or thereafter. That's yeah. just the way it is. And I, Well, I agree with you, but, but the part that I disagree is I don't think that they make it to that, uh, that, to that particular bowl where they're playing, and that was the, the Sugar Bowl, where they're right. playing Arkansas. I, I just don't think without Terrell Pryor and, and, uh, and a couple of the other guys that were involved, I, I think you lose a little bit of that star let me, power. Let me ask you this, Ray. Let me ask you this, and I don't want to interrupt draw. you. The fact of the matter is Ohio State travels as well as anybody. Oh, I agree right. with you. I agree. Buy, that that I agree tickets, with. And, and that's, what it, that's what bowls are about. Bowls are about economic impact. 
I agree. Okay. I agree. And when you can go to Gene Smith and Gordon Gee and you say, and the Sugar Bowl committee says, how much do you guarantee? How many tickets can you guarantee? If we have a block of 12,000 tickets, will those be eaten up in 24 hours? And Gordon Gee and, and Gene Smith say, yeah, hey, you're coming to New Orleans. But in terms okay. of star power, Gil, if you're watching that game, and that game, and, and, and you know that Terrell Pryor is not playing in that football game, do you still desire to see that game as much well, as you do knowing but, but, that Terrell's going to be there? Well, see, you, you bring up a great point. I, I'm, I'm a college football fan, yes. I'm, I want to see it because it's Ohio State. Now, are there people out there who look at star power, and we talked about that earlier? Yes, and they say, well, if Terrell Pryor's not playing, I'm not watching. That's, that's the culture that we have today, and it's unfortunate. Because I love the Ohio State brand, and it doesn't care who's playing, whether it's Rex Kern, whether it's Ray Ellis, whether it's Archie Griffin, or you know, or, or whoever. You know, I'm going to watch David Boston. I'm going to watch Ohio State football because I believe in what you guys have put together, whether it was under Woody Hayes, whoever. But there are people out there, and it's unfortunate that, that everything is driven by ratings and, and star power. And it's wrong. You, you're Fundamentally right. wrong. You would lose the casual fan. You, know, yeah. you don't have those guys. You're going to lose the casual fan, but the hardcore Ohio State isn't missing that for anything. The, the big-time no. college football fans exactly. in general, like you said, Gil, they're still going to watch. Okay, well, guys, I'll tell you what. We're going to take a break. We're going to come back on the other side of the break. I certainly appreciate it. This has been a great show, and we only had about 15 or 20 minutes. You're listening to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. Got my friends with me, Michael Warren from GCOB in the house, and, of course, I'm going to call him the great Gil Tyree from Sports Talk at the Positive Pub right here on Voice America Sports. We'll be right back after this break. Internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. So Andy Serling packed his bags, left the city, and is enjoying his temporary digs in Saratoga. But that won't stop us from bringing you Playing to Win, the best online handicapping show for serious horse players. Catch Andy and his great lineup of guests every week throughout the month of August on location from the beautiful Saratoga Racecourse. He and his guests are some of the best in the biz. They bring you new insights to making money, and they tell it like it is. I'm 3-5-1 in this race, but the three is very much the one to be. We're going to completely disagree on this race. I absolutely disagree. Spicer, especially at one to two. And it's anything but the same old horse racing show. This is a nine horse field, but really there are seven donkeys and two zebras. Playing to win with Andy Serling, a show seriously committed to making more money at the game, but with a personality. This is a dunce cap horse for me. If this horse wins, next week I got the dunce cap on. YouBet.com's Playing to Win, presented by the Daily Racing Forum. Look for it the day before big race days, mostly Fridays. Find a complete schedule in the Daily Racing Forum or click on Playing to Win at YouBet.com. Listen to Sports Talk at the Positive Pub every Monday at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. Gil Tyree talks to sports newsmakers, playmakers, and story breakers. You, the hardcore, interactive, and novice fan, can join the show via your phone calls and emails. Sample what's good, right, and positive about the world of sports every week. Begin your week in a positive way with Sports Talk from the Positive Pub. Be here every Monday at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports.
right, you hear that music, you know the show. You're listening to Rail Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters. Got my good friend Gil Tyree, and I got Gil fired up. <laughs> and I certainly, I'm glad that you are a fan of uh, the Ohio State University. But I can tell you what, Gil, I remember I, I came uh, when I was playing pro ball, uh, and I went back to uh, Ohio State because we played a preseason game in the Horseshoe. And I remember uh, Archie Griffin and Coach Miles, uh, shout out to Coach Miles, uh, met me at the airport as we got off the plane and, and shook my hand and, you know, welcomed me in. And that was first class, and I certainly appreciate it. Archie wow. was one of my heroes growing up, helped recruit wow. me. Uh, but one thing, you know, I, that said to them, they asked me how things were going, and I was a little disappointed because this was maybe like in 85, mm-hmm. and Ohio State wasn't doing real good at that time. And Coach Miles shot one back at me, you know, well, you guys didn't do too well yourself last year, <laughs> you know, but, <laughs> but that's my job. You know, I, you know, I, I perform, and, and I'm paid to perform. But this is my university, and, and I want to see my university do well at, at all times. So, I, you know, I'm just one of those guys that, you know, I, I think I take a different perspective. And I'm just going to say this about those people out there, and you mentioned this about, you know, the support that uh, Coach Tressel would receive in the state of Ohio. It kind of reminds me, uh, you know, of the operating room. And I don't think in the operating room that if it's a person that is a, uh, a bloodline like your father or your mother, I don't think they can oper- they allow them to operate on their own children. I don't believe that because there's too much emotional, that's, uh, emotional attachment there and, and all those other things that may be going on. I can't really give a real, true, honest, unbiased opinion about Ohio State because I'm so attached to it. But, you know, people from the outside who look in, I think they want – they want there to be consistency. They want there to be fairness. And because of the consistency and fairness, I think Trestle is going to go. And because of that, I'm going to move on because there's some other things, some other things that I want to talk about out there as, as, it, as, as it relates to, uh, you know, college football. And college football, you know, is, is, is a pipeline to the NFL. And, and one thing that, that happens is that's, of course, where the NFL gets its players from. And, of course, we got the draft coming up. So I, I want to get Micah to kind of jump in here because, you know, one thing about this whole thing, and it's a separate issue, but it's tied to the draft, is the ability for the NFL to have and participate and take advantage of a free agency. And, and free agency gives you the opportunity to improve your draft position, to package some draft picks and some players. And one of the most sought-after players out there is, of course, on, on the roster of the Philadelphia Eagles, and, and that is their backup quarterback, Kevin Cobb, of which they may not be able to do that. But I, I think that something may happen. And, 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 Mike, I want you to jump in here right now. What's the temperature there in Philadelphia as we get closer to, uh, to draft day and, and knowing the inventory of players and draft picks and how Andy likes to work that board uh, man, if there is, uh, you know, no new collective bargaining agreement, then Andy's going to be compromised. So how do you think it's going to, you know, all fall out here is coming up and what the, might the Eagles end up doing uh, with their first picks? Well, they are, I think, screwed over by this lockout any, uh, more than any other team just because of what you said about Kevin Cobb. So now if you want to move them, the theory is if you, before if there wasn't a lockout, if you want to move them, you can at least get picks that help you this year. This is a team that in theory is close to competing this year. So now if you trade, you know, if you were to trade them after the lockout, you're going to get picks for next year, which is worthless. And then you're faced with him walking after this year because he's in the last year of his deal. So 
<laughs> he's not resigning here. So the, the Eagles could be really compromised by all this. Now, with the lockout lifted, I don't know. I think we have to wait to see if the Eighth Circuit of court, uh, court gets a stay for the owners. But I've read where, and again, this legal stuff makes my head spin. I don't know about you guys, but <laughs> there is a theory that there's, it's possible that maybe there could be some player movement before, like by Thursday or so. Who knows with, with the appellate process and how this stuff goes, but it would really help them a ton if they were able to do something, get something for him now, because they are really on the hook with him if they can't. You know, do you keep him as a backup to, to, uh, to Vic? And then you just let him walk and you get nothing at the end of the year. Well, one, one thing for sure, Gil, you know this, that, that and Andy Reid has, has always probably, I mean, they, when you look at him and what he does, other than probably Bill Belichick, nobody on draft day is better when it comes to how you're able to use that inventory of picks, mm-hmm. uh, inventory of players and talent that you have. Uh, when you look at Philadelphia and you think what possibly could happen, I think that these guys definitely have contingency plans in place that uh, if there is a new C- – and it, it would have to be a CBA because they, there's nothing else they can do because they're not going to let everybody just become independent contractors. That's not going to happen. It's going to be a CBA. So if there's a new CBA in place, I think they're working their boards with, okay, this is A, and then this is our contingency plan. Do you think perhaps maybe – that would work with, with Andy Reid and the other mastermind up there, uh, Belichick. You think they're working their boards like that, Gil? Well, you know, the thing about it is, you know, on Monday when we had Charles Davis on the program, he said that, you know, guys can't make trades, but they can make draft picks. And I think it goes to what Micah said. You know, the thing about Andy Reid, he always has ammunition. Uh, and he, he moved up last year to get uh, Brandon Graham, the right. kid out of Michigan. And I think he has ammunition to go up. The thing that I found interesting regarding the uh, whole Kevin Cobb thing is what Kevin Cobb said through his agent. He said whoever he's traded to, they're going to have to tear up his deal and, and negotiate a long-term deal for an yeah. unproven guy. And, 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 and granted, the P word is definitely said around Kevin Cobb. He has potential. But he's also been concussed a few times. He has great, you know, they compare him a lot to Aaron Rodgers, and I think that's, yeah. that's pretty accurate. But at the same time, when you look at the Eagles situation, if you let him go, all you have is Mike Vick and, and Kapkin. And, and I don't know if, if I'm Andy Reid or I'm Marty Morningwig, I want to go in with that because there's not a lot out there in terms of veteran guys like there's Bolger, there's a couple other people. But at the same time, you know how Philadelphia is. Michael, you, you live there. Ray, you played there. I grew up there. You understand the mindset. The people want a winner right now, and they're not going to be satisfied. And they're very, very intelligent football fans. Well, let me ask let me ask you this, Micah. Micah, yeah. you, you know, let, let's not necessarily talk about – well, we're going to talk about Philadelphia because, you know, supposedly on the board right now that the number one person coming off the board could perhaps be Cam Newton. Now, if, if you're Philadelphia and, 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 and you have Kevin Cobb there – is there a, a way of which you could not that you want that pick? You know, you may want that pick, and you know, Andy may take that pick, package it, give that pick to somebody else. But if you're the Panthers, and and you got a guy out there like Kevin Cobb who at least has more experience uh, than, of course, Cam has in the NFL, would you consider something? Whereas the Panthers end up taking Cobb, the Eagles end up taking that pick, package that pick, give it to somebody else. Is is that something that could possibly happen? I guess anything's possible. I, I don't know that I see that happening, but Gil said something that I think is important when he made the comparison to Aaron Rodgers, which is the perception of Cobb outside of the city versus the perception of Cobb inside the city. Most people you talk to here are shocked that the Eagles are even getting offers or potentially getting offers as first-round pick. 
Uh, the guy's not Aaron Rodgers. I mean, Rodgers has a laser. He's a great decision maker. Cobb has a very weak arm, and his decision making is questionable at best. He's had some good games, but there's other times he goes out there and you're going, oh, my God, I hope other teams don't see this. <laughs> Nobody will trade for him. He's, it, what he is is very questionable. So as far as what they're going to get for him, I'm not sure because I, I think there's so many varying opinions on Cobb. You know, you're getting the good Cobb that, that you know, had two, three, 300-yard games to start his career, or you're getting the guy that just goes out there, flails around, he gets some pressure, and he starts throwing the ball up for grabs. So I don't see him going up to one to get something like that. I think the highest I've ever heard is possibly Arizona at five. I don't know that that would happen either. Um, I mean, I've heard the Seahawks it, it, at 20, what is it, 25 the Seahawks picked? I heard him going right, down there. Right, yeah. I haven't heard anything higher than five, so I don't know that I would say he would go up to Carolina. But I could see Carolina trading down because when you're as bad as they are, no one player is fixing anything. Yeah, but when you but talk about five, I, so you're talking about Arizona, you know, needing a quarterback? Is that what you're thinking? Yeah, yeah. Oh, really Arizona needs a quarter, quarterback in a big way. But, but here's the thing, and I, I want to ask Micah this, and I want to ask you, Ray. I mean, you look at a Carolina situation, they need something to energize that community. They need something, yeah. something to energize that fan base. And I'm sure the Richardson family, you know, again, Cam Newton has a lot of baggage. He brings some. Some of it, like Charles Davis said on our show, is, uh, is basically stuff that was brought on by him. But at the same time, when you look at a guy like that, who's 6'5", who runs like a deer, you know, who has the ability to be a game changer, you know, and you're going to, you want to take a chance on that, you're going to do that because he's going to sell tickets and, and he's going to win right away. And I think the infrastructure in terms of what Ron Rivera and what they've done there in terms of getting, you know, positive and, 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 and put him in a position to, to succeed is in place. Okay, well, let me say something, Gil. You just said that, you know, you bring him in, he's going to win right away. Now, one thing about it, Aaron Rodgers got time to develop. The pressure for him to start winning wasn't there because, of course, we know the old man was there and he kept right. winning games for them. But, but, Ray, here's the thing, and I want to point this out, and, and, and Mike, I want you to chime in on this. You know, the thing about Aaron Rodgers was Aaron Rodgers came in with a chip on his shoulder anyway because he waited. I mean, he was drafted late. I mean, he came out of Cal. A lot of people said this guy was a top-five pick, and for some reason he slipped because he had an attitude problem. He, he had bad workouts. He had a tough work ethic. And when people put stuff out on you on draft day, you really, really drop. And he dropped, and he had a tough time dealing with that. Then you add, like you said, Ray, dealing with the ego of Brett Favre. That kid, it's amazing he was able to, to do what he was able to do. Okay, but he has he is right now the standard and the model that this league and this is a copycat league. You've played in it, Ray. Mm-hmm. You know, people see a successful thing, they want to copy it right away. And right now, Aaron Rodgers is that guy. And and to some degree, or people around the league will say Kevin Cobb resembles that, well, and they may want to take a chance on it. Well, I'm, right. I'm just going to say this, and I'm sorry, guys, we won't have to take a break. But if yeah. that's the case, Gil, if Aaron Rodgers is the model, then what you've got to do, you've got to follow the model as it was in place, and you can't throw him into the fire. Whoever, as that's Cam Newton, you can't throw him into the fire. No. You've got to give him some years to develop. Right, but here's the thing: you got a guy out there in, in Blaine Gabbert who has the same uh, measurables and what have you. And he's somebody that people are looking at, the kid out of Missouri. So, you know, there, there's so many guys that, that, that people compare people to, and it never comes, in, it never comes into fruition. The, the fact of the matter is, like I said, when people see what Aaron Rodgers accomplished in a small market at Green Bay, everybody's looking at that and say, I want some of that. And if there's something available in a draft that, that in any way is similar to that or has, is anywhere close to that, they're going to try to go up and get it. 
Well, I, I certainly uh, understand what you mean about that the person wanted to be themselves. I remember when Kobe Bryant came out of high school, he didn't really want to be compared to Michael Jordan, although there were comparisons drawn to him and Michael Jordan. Kobe wanted to be Kobe, and it, it, eventually he became Kobe, just as Aaron Rodgers wanted to be Aaron Rodgers and not compared to Brett Favre. Listen, we got to take a break. Again, you're listening to Ray Ellis Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters. We'll be right back. Internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. So Andy Serling packed his bags, left the city, and is enjoying his temporary digs in Saratoga. But that won't stop us from bringing you Playing to Win, the best online handicapping show for serious horse players. Catch Andy and his great lineup of guests every week throughout the month of August on location from the beautiful Saratoga Racecourse. He and his guests are some of the best in the biz. They bring you new insights to making money, and they tell it like it is. I'm 3-5-1 in this race, but the 3 is very much the one to beat. We're going to completely disagree on this race. I absolutely disagree. Spicer, especially at one to two. And it's anything but the same old horse racing show. This is a nine horse field, but really there are seven donkeys and two zebras. Playing to win with Andy Serling, a show seriously committed to making more money at the game, but with a personality. This is a dunce cap horse for me. If this horse wins next week, I got the dunce cap on. YouBet.com's Playing to Win, presented by the Daily Racing Forum. Look for it the day before big race days, mostly Fridays. Find a complete schedule in the Daily Racing Forum or click on Playing to Win at YouBet.com. We some hard hitters, we some hard hitters. Hard-hitting radio is a new kind of sports and entertainment show. Your hosts are NFL veterans Mark McMillan and co-host Byron Evans. It's an hour of hater-free radio every week. You'll hear interviews with top athletes, celebrities, coaches, and fans. It's humor, hits, and conversation. Hard-hitting radio is on with McMillan and Evans. Listen Fridays at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Network. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. CoastToCoastMixTage.com Welcome back. This is the Rail of Sports on the Voice of America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters. And I always like to save the best for last. So our last segment, we're going to have some of my friends join me from uh, Apex Media. Uh, we're going to have uh, Dave Ware, who's the vice president of sales. Uh, we're also going to have Chad Falls join us. And we're going to have Kelly LaFleur, who is director at uh, Max Revenue, is going to join us as well. But, uh, guys, okay, listen, let's, let's move a little bit uh, uh, beyond uh, the Philadelphia Eagles, and let's talk a little bit about, uh, you know, we're, we're talking about a draft, but, you know, we're also talking about a season here, and, and there are some things that's going on, and, and none of us uh, have legal backgrounds, but, again, the information that we get, 
whether it's, you know, as, as someone who, who covers and has been covering the media, been a part of the media for many years, like, like you have, Gil, and myself playing ball, and, and, and Micah, of course, you know, covering uh, the Eagles and uh, helping G Cobb on, on his show. Uh, this lockout thing, you know, has that affected the sports fan to the point where it's going to um, affect ticket sales, uh, you know, viewership? Uh, is it really, you know, had a chance to really uh, sour the game in terms of its avid fans? Do you think we've lost any fans in this lockout? Gil, you start yet. off. Gil, you start off with that one. Not, not yet, because you know we're not close to training camp. Once we get inside of training camp, um, you know, I think. That's when you start. When you start missing days and, and dates to start. But are they even know, excited but, about? But but Gil, are they even right as excited about the draft as they used to be? I, I th- think they are. I mean, you had the schedule released last week. Yes, I mean, you had. I mean, you had the schedule released last week on NFL, and the, and the numbers were unbelievable up against the NBA playoffs. You had the you had NFL Network doing a, a two three hour special. You had ESPN two doing a two hour special, and this was up against the NBA playoffs, right? Yes. Okay, and it was st- and they still had great numbers. He- here's the thing, and, and that was just to announce a schedule. <laughs> so okay, <laughs> but, so go but, ahead, go ahead. But, pe- but people visualize that. I mean, there's something about releasing the schedule because it's something to talk about. Okay, why do you think ESPN does NFL their NFL programming all? all 12 months. Why do you think the NFL owners said, listen, we want some of this, we're going to create our own network, because people are talking about it. You know, the late Dave Dorison said this, and he said, you know, that the NFL was indeed a monopoly, okay? That people, you could not prove it in court. The USFL failed to do that. They got a $3 judgment. No, they That's, proved it, but they only got a $3 no, right, judgment. They got a three, right, they, they proved it. They, 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 they got a $3 in terms of punitive damages. Right. But at the same time, Ray, they never, and you know what we talked about, because we've talked about this ad nauseum many times. The NFL is a monopoly. Yes. And anything that comes up against it is going to get squashed. We saw that with the USFL. We saw it with the World League. We saw it with everybody who's tried to put something together. It gets squashed. That tells you the power of it. It's the same with NASCAR. And when you have a behemoth like that, a sports property that's a behemoth, Okay, it's not going to be affected in the eyes of public opinion until it really matters. And right now, it really doesn't matter. Okay, Micah, Micah, let me ask you then. Okay, yeah. what what is it that that is so great about this game? I mean, it, you know, we're talking about a schedule. We're not just talking about a game. A game wasn't even played. They're talking about games being played in the future. But what is it about this sport? There's other competitions. Like Gil talked about, this is the NBA championship. Well, not the championship series, so to speak, but the playoff series right now. The baseball's just starting right now. Hockey's about to to get into what is it that it, about this game that everybody just they, they love it so much especially there in the city of Philo, uh, city of brotherly love uh, waiting on a Super Bowl what is it that is such great interest to this team to the to fans a, I'm sorry it's such a great question I almost go back to what you said about Ohio State that you're so into it that you can't really comment I love the NFL so much I, I couldn't even tell you where it is there's something about the NFL and Gil spot on this is an incredibly incredibly strong brand uh, and the people aren't going to leave from, from yet. They're not. Although, careful testing that strength. You don't want to test it too much. Because look what happened to baseball in 94. It took a steroids home run derby four years later to bring people back. Hockey got smacked down a peg when they, when they missed time. So he's right, not yet. There's something about football, and I can't – I don't know if it, it, maybe it's the week-to-week to where it's a, it's a one-day-a-week event that you can just sit all day and just waste the whole day watching football and absorb it and then just – by Monday, I can't wait for more of it. 
Ray, this is something I'd like to see, and, and, and I really want to see, and I want to piggyback off of Micah said because he's absolutely right. I want to see the overnights after Thursday in prime time, what happened. I guarantee you they're going to trump everything, okay? And if I'm TNT or I'm in NBA or ESPN or, or ESPN2 or whoever, I'm not going to compete against the NFL draft. I mean, yeah, ESPN is the mothership of all motherships, but they can put programming on ESPN2 and, and all their properties they have, but at the same time, you're going to get killed. Well, there's got to be okay. some competition because there are games. Uh, I mean, the draft is Thursday, Friday, Saturday, right. and the NBA is definitely going to have games on. Well, you know, yeah, but doing the that. The fact t- of the matter is, you have riveting, you have riveting, and and, and just the intrigue of what's going to happen at eight o'clock when Roger Goodell throws that gavel down yes. at Radio City in New York, and we find out outside and what happens if Cam Newton is number one and everything fall suit after that. Yeah. People are riveted by the NFL. I mean, it's an unbelievable brand. And like I said, they're not going to talk about anything and not have their public opinion will not come into play until you start missing dates at training camp. Right oh. now, these off-season workouts, they don't matter. And okay. like I said, the NFL knew what they had when they released the schedule. They said, hey, it's business as usual. Right now, everything looks good. The weather looks clear. So we're going to go on and release the schedule like it is. Okay, and Gil, but i got to stop you right there because it's not business as usual. This lockout has no, indeed no. been lifted. Okay, the lockout has been lifted. you right. got guys going to stadiums to work out, and they're being told, no, you but, can't come in. But, again, it's what I talked about earlier, and Mike just reinforced it. It's the power of this league. Okay. I mean, the fact that the matter is... I think it's the power of the gavel. I think once the gavel comes down, that's the power. (laughs) You know, no question. But you had had John Casey today, the veteran kicker for the Carolina Panthers, go into B of A Stadium, okay, and be able to to work out, but at the same time was not being able to go into the locker room. Yes. I don't understand that, or the the training room or what have you. Well, you know what that is, Gil. You you and I talked about this this morning. That's intimidation, but that also is, I've got the, I can, you know, it's almost like the Bill Clinton thing. You know, I did it because I could, you know, I had the power. You know, but it's it's also like this. Let's let's look at it like this. I think they're teetering the line to make sure they're in compliance. You know, okay, we got to let them in the locker room, but we don't have to offer any training to them, you know, so a guy's got an injury, okay, we're not going to treat the, you know, the injury, or, but, but then you got an issue where, you know, guys have, uh, the league can be very, very creative when it comes to uh, salary, so you want to hide money, and you don't want to call it salary, because it's not salary, this is off-season workout money, you got some guys who got three quarters of a million dollars connected to their ability to work out in the off-season, and then you're going to lock this, you're, gonna, you're not going to let me come in and earn that money? You just had a guy the other day who tried to go and work out three-quarters of a million dollars he's trying to get. Somebody's got to put this on record. Somebody's got to write this down that I was here. I showed up because I want my money. You're exactly right. You're, that, that's the reason you show up because if then he turned me away, if later I need to get a lawsuit to get that money back, Hey, I showed up and they told me to go home. You're exactly right. Mm-hmm. And so this, and, and this lockout also, I mean, if, if, a, if a stay is in place, you know, if, if a stay is initiated, then, of course, then the lockout continues. If, if, if it's not, then that means business as usual has to presume itself like the, the way it was. And, again, that are we going to be compromised as fans? Because we talked about earlier about a contingency plan. But is that a contingency plan that some people are just putting in place? Because my man Fish did tell me, hey, they were going about business as usual. So I think the alternative plans, you know, are there 
and they've been thought about throughout the entire offseason. And this isn't just something, a reaction of what a judge says. But are, are the fans going to be compromised in terms of the product that ends up on the field next year because of this lockout? Gil, why don't you start I, Michael I don't, I don't think so. But, but here, here's the thing, Ray. And, and again, until we start talking about strike and replacement players and all of that, we're not going to, this, this thing is going to be business as usual. You know, you look back and history is a guide. And, and the late Dave Dewerson, who was on this program, and, and part of Voice America talked about this extensively because he was a part of it. It wasn't to the fact when the, 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 the union was able to decertify, they went to court and there was some legal maneuvering, at, a.k.a. a judge to come in to say, listen, you guys are going to have to mediate to work something out. We didn't get a deal done. What are we seeing now? We're not seeing the same exact thing, but we're seeing something very similar. The fact that the judge said, listen, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to let the players, I'm going to say the play, what you're doing to the players is a violation of that. You guys have to come together. I don't care how the mediation process works, but I want a deal done. And I want a deal done before this thing, you know, gets to the point where it affects lives like it's already doing, but even more so, it becomes an even more of an economic issue. And I, I think we're seeing that right now. Hey, Michael, let me ask you real quick. We've got to take a break in a minute here. But, okay, uh, it, the, the players, the product is not going to be compromised because if it's not, then that really is a strong argument for the players because they're saying we don't need all these off-season workouts. We don't need all these OTAs. We, we only need to get to come together for a few weeks. You don't need to be putting all that wear and tear on our bodies. So if, it, if the product's still the same, then the players make an excellent point. If the product is compromised, then the owners are going to say, well, see, we need you here working out. We need you here in the city. We need you here. You know, so so what do you think if, if the Eagles product is compromised? I know I'll be able to hear that way in Phoenix because they'll be in the stands. <laughs> you know, well, you, took, going you took the words right out of my mouth, Ray. And this is a, a great exercise in rest. And the, and the former NFL players I've talked to, and you would know, they say, look, it's a 20, it's not a, a, a you get a part time job in the offseason. This is a full time job, and it has been for some time. They really don't get rest. You get a couple months after the playoffs or whatever, the end of the season, and then it's back to work. You really don't get that much time off. So we're going to see, you know, if I'm the NFLPA, maybe I'm going to monitor injuries over the course of the season and compare them to previous years and say, you know what? This rest did them good. You know, but we're going to see what happens when these guys get a little bit of rest. But, Michael, wasn't that the argument, you know, based on the 18-game schedule? And we haven't heard that brought up much since then, have we? Well, Gil, you know, that was one of the things I was going to talk about, is that 18-game schedule. But I, I got a little blinker here to tell us we've got to take a break. So we're going to take a break. We're going to come up on the other side of the break, and we're going to talk about an 18-game schedule in the NFL. What happened to it? How come we're not talking about it anymore? You listen to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm going to bring my friends on the last segment of the show, too. We'll be right back. flagship station for sports voice america sports football and so much more is the focus of planet gridiron with damian anderson join the former arizona cardinals running back for a show that mixes well a little bit of everything damian brings to the program life experiences playing football and we'll talk about his variety of successes both on and off the field the goal is to provide you with a fun perspective on life, family, success, and of course, football. Tune in to Planet Gridiron with Damian Anderson, Fridays at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. 
Sports continues to grow and evolve to ever-increasing prominence in today's society. On All Around Sports, host John Inglesby will connect with the leading newsmakers from the sports world, including players, owners, and fellow sports journalists, discussing the top news and events that are relevant to sports today. John will also report from and offer his experience of the world's top sports events. Tune in to All Around Sports with John Inglesby, Fridays at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Sports Channel. Internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. Okay, we're back. You're listening to Railroad Sports on the Voice of America Network. I'm in Phoenix, Living Like It Matters. This is our last segment, so I guess i got to talk a little faster. Uh, but first of all, what I want to do, I want to welcome some of my friends here uh, in particular. Uh, the first person I want to welcome is uh, Chad Falls, who is from uh, Apex Media. Chad has been has joined me on the show a couple times, and uh, just want to ask you, Chad, the NFL draft is coming up. Are you a sports fan? And if you are, are you a football fan? And if you are, uh, are you paying attention to this draft? I watch ESPN constantly, so you, they do everything they can in their power of the big mothership, as I heard earlier, uh, to throw football right down your, uh, your throat. <laughs> so, uh, That's a nice way of, of saying it. Man, yeah. football all over the place. So what do you think in terms of the draft? Uh, any team in particular you're, you're a fan of? Uh, you well, I'm a Cardinal fan here, being from Phoenix, and uh, would love to see us get a quarterback. Uh, any quarterback in particular you got your eyes on? You know, I love the kid from Missouri. Uh, supposedly he... Uh, was a genius when he took the Wonderlick test. Uh, great athlete, strong arm. Would love to see him here because, uh, as we all know in this room and the gentleman on the phone, we could sure use a quarterback. <laughs> yeah, I like. I, we could I, use I'm, some li- wins too. I'm living here now, and I'm kind of forced to be a fan. So I, I think I would. I'd like to see the team improved. If that's a quarterback, I, you know, I, I just want to see the team improve because it was a damn good team when they went to the Super Bowl. Hey, Dave, I want to get you to join Dave. Where, of course, is the VP of, of sales uh, at Apex Media. I don't have to ask Dave if he's a, a, a football fan uh, because I know he's a football player. The man looks like a football player. Dave, let, let me ask you, uh, you're following the draft. You're following the lockout. You know, what do you think about it, man? It was uh, You, of course, was a teammate of an old teammate of mine, Herman Edwards. Uh, and, and, and Herm, of course, uh, now is, is, is not coaching. Uh, he's now doing like you and I are behind the mics. But tell me, who you, who you looking at, who you think is going to do uh, pretty good next year in terms of who might possibly be uh, in the Super Bowl? And don't be a, don't be a homer. <laughs> who you really think could possibly, what, without an offseason, you know, activities, who you think might end up in the Super Bowl next year? Well, let me get back to the lockout. First of all, that's the most important thing to me. Coming from the sales side, there's just so much money on the table that uh, something has to happen. $9 billion. Way too much money out there. Wow. So that, that's going to be big. And as far as uh, next year of the Super Bowl, i got to admit it, uh, my hometown is San Mateo, California, and Tom Brady, the hometown of Tom Brady, my, uh, my brother uh, was four doors down from the Brady, still is. Oh! And so, <laughs> so big fans of, of Tom and want to see him go back one more time you know, oh. before he gets too old. That's a homer. That, that, that's a homer <laughs> call right there. But that's okay. I know I'm not going to get a homer call from the next person. That's going to be Kelly LaFleur. And uh, Kelly is not related to Greg LaFleur, who was a tight end for the Philadelphia Eagles with me back in the day. But uh, Kelly, certainly want to welcome you. And she's a director uh, at uh, Max Revs. And uh, Kelly, this whole football thing, does it make any sense to you at all? Do you pay attention at all? 
No. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, that was an honest answer. See, that's an honest answer. So for the person that doesn't pay attention at all, what do you do on a Sunday when, when, when everybody else in the family is watching football? What do you, what do, you do with that time? Uh, <laughs> run my errands, you know, watch TV on something else. See, so the whole world is not watching football, guys. So listen, the world's not going to end, guys. <laughs> it you doesn't know. revolve around the pigskin. But I tell you what, for those of us that are, you know, that are very excited about this thing, the world will end. So uh, listen, I appreciate you guys coming in and uh, and, and joining in and you. sitting in and listen. I, hey, I got it. We have a, a legal expert. We have a, a an attorney with us who at one time was representing players, and, and she's on hold. I, I want to get her. Uh, her perspective real fast if I could on this whole thing as it relates to this stay and, and kind of educating us uh, out here who think we know what the stay really means and so, and so Kim how you doing Kim Harper hasn't been around in a while but Kim I got you back online Kim explain to us real fast this whole thing about stay what does that mean and, and what you know they got like the appeal process is going to be expedited so it's going to have you know come in either the stay will be lifted or, uh, or it will, uh, I'm sorry, the stay will be applied, or there will not be a stay, or I don't know what the hell I'm talking about. So you explain it, Kim. Go ahead. Basically what it means is, even though the owners have said there's going to be a lockout and there will be no play, uh, it will go on as if there were until the, until, unless the stay is enforced. So the lockout has been lifted, and so right. now it's- she can come back and through the appeal process she can then now say there's a stay which means the lockout will go back into place correct yeah it's it's kind of reversing what the judgment is it's right kind of reversing what happened if the players have been locked out uh the stay basically says no there is no lockout there's no lockout as of this moment and then what they're going what the owners are going to try to do is get the stay reversed or get the stay dismissed or however the court words it, in, in that jurisdiction. And if they do, if they are successful in overturning the stay, then the lockout remains. Okay. Well, Gil, uh, I, before we left, I, I talked about these 18 games. Uh, mm-hmm. We haven't heard anything about those 18 games. We've heard that the league has kind of, you know, have some type of contingency plans in place to make sure there's a full season. Could that possibly be where the 18 games might come into well, play? Exactly. Well, you know, Ray, and, and, and I'd like to hear Kim's comments on this, too, because what happened was that when they, when they released that schedule last week, they specifically said there's some wiggle room in that, whereas they can get all 18 weeks in. Now, does that mean we're going to go deep into February? Most definitely. Does that mean we're going to have the, the, the maximum of two off weeks? Most definitely. So the, that, that schedule is definitely flexible, but the clock is going to start ticking. Yeah, it starts ticking with this day. It starts ticking now, but it's going to even more start ticking when we get deep into training camp and we start missing training camp and ultimately the preseason because I think the way they look at it, the owners look at it, listen, the whole idea anyway was to give them two preseason games, and, and if they can get rid of two weeks and still have 16, that, that's 18 anyway, correct? Well, 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 here's the thing about it, and I'm going to ask Dave real fast because Dave, of course, works in the advertising world. And the thing about it is these people have you know, negotiated contracts and, and they have products that they need to get out there in front of these TV viewers. And they want to make sure that they get their money's worth and their dollars worth. So I'm sure to the people in your business, 
you know, if, if you've got, if we're expecting 18 weeks of programming, I mean, 16 weeks of programming, you want to make sure that you get your money's worth. Am I correct? Whatever happens to, is there a contingency plan for people in the industry that, you know, we're looking for some games to be played and their products to be, you know, seen in front of, you know, all these games? If that doesn't happen, what do you guys, do you, do you negotiate those kind of contingency plans? What, what they won't tell you is they're panicked right now. Because this is, uh, this is a sport that draws more audience than anything else with the fragmentation in television viewing now. This is the one, like the Super Bowl, for instance, is a massive appeal. And these networks are getting $3 million per 30-second spot. Exactly. And they're going to miss that revenue in a big way. So that's what I said earlier, that there's just too much money on the table. Well, I think one thing for sure, I, I think everybody will agree, Dave, we're going we're to have a Super Bowl. But the fact that if you miss some of the games, if, if we don't get a full schedule, that also impacts your business as well. Yeah, absolutely. Every game that goes by, there's, there's millions of dollars on, on the table every, every week that goes by. And it's an impact on the advertisers as well because the auto industry relies on this to move their product. Uh, it's it's huge seller for packaged goods for Budweiser for Coca Cola. Uh, they they need this mass audience uh, uh, appeal. That's that's what it's all about. And so that that goes back to what I was saying in terms of you, you know if there if there is anything out there in terms of you know what the fans are feeling. Sometimes the fans it's not just that football games are not being played. You got to also realize it's affecting business, and when it affects your business, that affects you emotionally as well. So I, I'm just hoping they get this thing wrapped up real fast before it's all said and done there. Gil, I asked uh, you, and I also wanted to get Micah, you know, just give me an idea. Gil, who you think that first pick might be? I think Cam Newton goes to Carolina. And I, and I will say to the Cardinal fans out there, I think Blaine Gabbard goes to, uh, to the Cardinals because Mr. Bidwell and Michael Bidwell both visit him personally, and when Mr. B gets involved, the big man gets involved, you've got to believe they're going to be leaning towards that pick. Plus, he's from Missouri. There you go. Hey, Micah, tell me what's happening in the city of brotherly love. Will there be another instance of a boo rally? <laughs> no, I don't think so. I think, number one, Cam Newton is the guy right now, even though we went from Daquan Bowers to Nick Fairley, and now I think it's going to be uh, Cam Newton in Philadelphia. They believe the draft is deep at the offense and defensive lines, which they both need, uh, but they need another corner so bad. I think I think if Jimmy Smith falls to them and they're okay, uh, the Colorado corner, if they're okay with his character concerns, I think that's right. the guy. Well, of course, Micah, how about the kid from Nebraska? Uh, I think I'm a Kamara. He's going to be off the board. I mean, they would have to make a move up to grab him. Okay. Well, of course, for all those out there who don't know what I was referencing in terms of a boo rally uh, for, for Micah, was that was when uh, the Philadelphia Eagles drafted Donovan McNabb. And I mean, everybody in New York, it seemed like all of New York got together and just booed. And, of course, okay. Donovan uh, got the last laugh, at least in the city of brotherly love. But we don't know what's going to happen, but whatever happens, I hope the young men appreciate and understand that they have been blessed and i i pray that they all stay safe and they bring joy to their families and joy to us on sundays mondays and even some saturdays you've been listening to rail of sports on the voice america network i'm in phoenix living like it matters want to thank my friends of course gil tyree and michael warren uh who are right here with us on the voice america network but also dave Ware, vp of sales at apex media Chad Falls, also of Apex Media, and Kelly LaFleur, Director at Max Revenue. And I got to do it. I got to say it. I'll see you next time, which will be the best time.
Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.